Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of After the Game, a conversation between me and my dad where we talk about the post-jazz game. My name is Spencer. Hey, and this is the dad, Barry, coming to you on this latest episode of After the Game. And the Jazz come out of the NBA All-Star break with a win to start their march over the next 20 plus 24 games to the playoffs as they beat the Dallas Mavericks 114-109 in Utah. The Mavs were a game and a half behind the Jazz coming in tonight. May now fall two and a half games behind. Jazz maintain the fourth place in the West and the Mavericks the fifth place in the West. Would love to see the Jazz hang on for this fourth place finish in the West and get home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs. Spencer, what did you think about tonight's uh, big win, actually, 114-109 Utah Jazz? Yeah, so it's a big win against the Mavericks, kind of put some distance between us and the lower end of the eight seed bracket. But um, it's been a while since the Jazz played, and we were down most of the game and didn't really kind of have the lead until the end. So it definitely showed that we hadn't been playing basketball for a while, and that might have just been with um, being flat-footed and just, like, not used to the rhythm. But overall, everybody kind of played their average game especially Gobert. Gobert had 14 points and 17 rebounds. I think that's exactly what he averages every game with three blocks. Um, and overall, they they won the game because, man, I think because home court kind of brought some good energy, but we just started making our shots at the end of the game, and that's kind of the Jazz strategy is just try to shit their way back in. Even though we didn't play great defense, we got the stops when we needed to at the end and made the shots that we needed to. Yeah, we talked about that during the game. The Jazz defense has some lapses, and I'm not saying that teams are immune to this, but we seem to go through these stretches where we either have breakdowns or missed assignments or the scheme which we're deploying in defense doesn't seem to work for a little bit. And then we try to shoot our way back into the game, as you mentioned. And I'm not so sure we're as good as we were last year at that, meaning you had the firepower of Ingles, you had the firepower of Niang, you had the firepower of Clarkson. And this year, it's not there. So I don't know if we can shoot our way back into a game. There was a there was a lapse, and then there was a another series where I watched Clarkson go all out guarding Bertans, who had hit some threes. So we have flashes of it. We just need to sustain it. And I also made this comment about Whiteside. The knock on him coming to the Utah Jazz or throughout his career has been he kind of disappears at times. And we've seen that now throughout the season. And I just hope as we go through this final stretch of regular season games that we can get back to it. That said, even if we talk about shooting ourselves back into a game, uh, what a great night. And just wanted to get your thoughts on, um, on Donovan Mitchell tonight, who ended up with 33 points. What did you think? He's definitely getting to the level of also that we need him to be. He only played 36 minutes, which I think is still low. I think he should be playing more, and that could lead to more points because he came out at the end of the third, and that's when we lost the lead going into the fourth quarter. And I get it. Already didn't come out in the end of the third. He started the fourth quarter on the bench as usual, but then we lost the lead, and it's just frustrating. But I think he's playing at the all-star level we want him to be. I would love to see him get more minutes. Maybe he will in the playoffs because of the intensity, but 
overall he's doing what we need him to do and he makes the shots and thankfully we have him because that's I think the main reason why we won tonight is because he played very well offensively even though we were a little flat-footed on defense and kind of just were watching the ball move around moving around us he was able to kind of keep us alive make some hand ones make some shots um so I'm happy where he is it would have been fun to see him play in the all-star game but yeah. yeah, at least he's an all-star. 11 of 19 tonight, very solid game shooting, 33 points, three rebounds, five assists. And he's been playing well in this stretch where I think now we've won seven of eight. We have that little blemish as we handed it into the all-star break, that uh, just kind of emotional draining loss against the Lakers where we really had the game in our hands and then lost it. But Donovan played very well that night as well. So we got to give him credit coming back out of the um, – concussion protocol uh, and, and playing much better. Maybe those days off during the all-star break really helped him during the game early on, you sent a note and said, Doncic or Mitchell. Now this is a great debate. And those who are listening can also think about what this means to them. But Spencer, what do you think after watching the game tonight, Luka Doncic or Donovan Mitchell, who's the better player? Well, clearly Mitchell, team one so that definitely leans towards Mitchell and he yep. is the catalyst behind that um but Doncic is good he was in foul trouble he had five fouls I think about five minutes left I don't know if yeah that and they, they left him in the game which is probably the right thing to do right. he's your superstar but yeah he had three fouls and went to the bench he played a minute less than Mitchell tonight um he played I think 35 Mitchell minutes and Mitchell played 36, but keep going. Yeah. So he only had 23 points, but the difference between Mitchell and Doncic is, I mean, they, they play different games because Doncic had 11 assists. And so it's interesting because Mitchell has Gobert and Doncic doesn't really, he kind of just opens the, the floor for his teammates, but he averages nine, nine assists a game and nine rebounds. So he's almost averaging a triple double and he doesn't really have a, a go-to second second player like he had Porzingis for a little bit but he doesn't really have that second go-to man which Mitchell does Mitchell will score more points but he won't have as many as assists so it kind of makes you stop think it makes you start thinking where the game is going and, and who's actually in control Doncic is clearly in control of his team uh, all around on offense but Mitchell is just a scorer and that that is pretty evident but yeah, and, and those are some of things bigger too. And so it's a little yeah. bit harder to, they're just different. They, Dodgers shoots the three. Mitchell can drive a lot better, but at the same time, Dodgers can get to the hoop just as good. Yeah. You know, when you asked the question, I had the same thought, which you just articulated. They're different players. So it's hard to say which one's better than the other. You know, maybe if the question was, if you were in a pickup game or, you're a GM and you're drafting, do you draft Mitchell or Luka Doncic? It's a hard one. And we're, we're jazz fans. So I'm going to lean on the side of Donovan Mitchell. And he showed it tonight. He, he helped his team win. I mean, Doncic had the assist, as you mentioned, but, but Mitchell has just been electrifying and so happy he's on our team and the way that he's playing. I did send you a note and, Listen, I'll eat my words probably in the next 15 years, but Doncic worries me health-wise. I don't know why. It's not that he's injury-prone. He just plays so hard and has so much of a burden on him 
that I think over time he could get worn down. But he's very young. He's only 23. I think Mitchell's 25, 26. So Mitchell's got him in years. Um, but I just think the load that Doncic carries, and sometimes it's self-imposed, could weigh him down. But you bring up a good point. You know, his 23 points were allowed 23 points, and his assists were allowed 11 assists as well. well he kind of got – I don't know if he got lucky tonight with his teammates because – uh, Powell or Dwight Powell, yeah, uh, only have just seven points a game, and he yep. scored 22 points tonight. Wow, yeah, and then Spencer Dwindle also only, yeah, yeah Spencer Dinwiddie, right? What Dinwiddie? Oh, yeah, Dinwiddie, sorry, Spencer Dinwiddie, he only averages 20 or 12 points a night, and he scored 20 points tonight, right? And then, even is Kirby that because there, Doncic is getting them involved, or what do you think? Are they or because they're necess- not necessarily that great of players. Is this the no, power of Doncic? Like, you look at Davis uh, Burtons, who averages about five points a game. He had 17. So, mm-hmm. But, I mean, Luka Doncic averages 27, only at 23. So he was definitely moving the ball around, getting his teammates to score above average points. I think he – I mean, I think that – because, I mean, if you look at Royce that was guarding – Doncic and was kind of making him forcing him to pass it the, the Jazz aren't very good off ball on defense they kind of like to watch and so I think that mm-hmm. kind of opened up the game for Luca to pass the ball around to teammates to get easy points which is why these three players that only average that average less than 10 points a game had 20 plus points yeah right because Look. we were just watching whoever was guarding Doncic and then we don't really fight through the this pick and roll and so Gobert would get caught on Luca, and he actually played really well. Had a big he block did. on Luca at the he end. Did. But it 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 kind of I don't I won't say forces, but it, it even allows Doncic to move the ball once someone sets the screen for him, and then we just kind of watch what happens, and he can dish the ball off. And so he had these eleven assists tonight. I think we made it too easy for him to have those eleven assists, but we also made it harder for him to score. So it's kind of a trade off. Yeah, you bring up some great points. When Doncic drive, Rudy played great defense on him. I mean, for a seven-footer to stay with him stride for stride, stay with him size-wise and muscle-wise, because we know Doncic is, is a load, and, and, to, and to stay disciplined and not foul, you got to give Rudy credit. Definitely. There is a reason why he's a three-time defensive player of the year and, in my mind, should win it again. Um, it could be a beauty contest this year with a few other players who are playing well, but man, Rudy played him really well. One thing about Doncic that makes him great is his size and how he can see over the defense. And I want to be very careful what I say here, but maybe what separates him a little bit from Donovan is his size to see over a double team. We saw last year in the playoffs, albeit Donovan was hurt, when teams double teamed him, his size mattered. He couldn't jump over or pass over long arms. And Luca can do that. He knows where players are and can find them. So you, you got to give him credit, but what a great win by the Utah jazz. Uh, you know, we could go on, maybe we cover a few games in the rest of the league tonight. Some questions I had though, before we leave the jazz, we have a deep bench. The more I think about it, um, our brother, Sam tonight in our chat asked, what about Nikhil Alexander Walker, right? Are we going to play him? We, we just traded for him. And, and my, my response is, well, where do you find time for him? Because we have a really good, deep bench. Pascal only played seven minutes tonight, and he's been playing a lot of minutes of late and has added some value, but only seven minutes tonight. 
what do you think on Quinn's rotations and substitutions? I know I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but should we be going this deep in the bench? Should we also be trying to find time for Alexander Walker? And by the way, uh, Azabuki, who played well before the break, didn't even see the floor tonight. Well, I mean, the closer you get to the playoffs, the more you want to see a concrete team and a more of a established team. It is good to have depth and to kind of give options, but you want to have your, your obviously your core five and then your core three or, or even maybe four that are going to be coming in. I, I sometimes don't really like how uh, rigid Quinn is and sticks just to a certain play mind. When the game starts to get out of hand, he doesn't seem to make changes, but I am surprised that he didn't play um, Alexander Walker or, or um, the other the other person we picked up. I, I know we got them. We just got them. But as we get closer to the playoffs, when is he going to start to play them? Because I'd like to see a more established team and not a more experimental team as yeah. we get closer. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see and then what we do. got to come back at some point. I, I, I know we, we had that chat going on tonight as well. I, you know, listen, you got to be careful with what you say about players because you know they're good. I mean, Rudy Gay is a great player. But I think you called it out, and I think I reiterated it tonight in our chat. We're actually one. I think we're seven of eight over these. Last, and Gay has not played. Yeah. I so think speaks for itself. Uh, unfortunately, Rudy Gay has not played to the caliber that maybe you might have wanted. And I don't know if it's age. It could be system. It could be the league is a little bit different than when he was a star, and it and it and plays really. But I got to think that. If he's healthy, we're going to go to him. So he better be ready because he's going to take some minutes away for some people. And quite frankly, Trent Forrest tonight, man, I don't know what it was. I really like Trent and he's come a long ways, but he had some, some rough turnovers tonight. Well, let's do this. Let's switch some gears. I'll, I'll warm it up a little bit and let you get some stats um, while I warm this up. We had uh, the return of James Harden tonight. Yeah, I was going to say. Philadelphia was in Minnesota and Philadelphia blew him out. 133-102. What a uh, start to the Harden Embiid 76ers era. Uh, James Harden finished with 27 points. Um, let me just look at this. Uh, 12 assists, eight rebounds. What a game. Um, and Joel Embiid at 34 points, 10 rebounds, um, and, and looked really good. Minnesota's a good team, not a great team. Um, what do you think? Is this a sign of things to come? Is this emotion? Can Harden's hamstring hold up? Will the relationship between Harden and Embiid be a good one? Uh, I don't know if you had some time to think about it, but uh, let me know your thoughts. Well, it's a scary stat line to look at for any other team that's not Philadelphia. (laughs) So, I mean, like, Harden is back to what he usually is at, and Embiid didn't seem like he got affected that much and almost benefited from it, because I bet you a majority of those 12 assists probably went to Embiid. Mm -hmm. So they might... I think Harden is mature enough and old enough in the league where he's professional and probably won't let his feelings get in the way, but he's also knows that his window's closing. He doesn't, he doesn't want to make it about him and then miss out on winning a championship. He knows he's, he's the all-star that's going to be along with Embiid. And so he has to recognize that it isn't just let me shine while the team wins. It's we got to both play our, play at a high level if I, if, if he wants a shot at yeah, winning the, the final. Yeah, and here's the reality of this. It's not going to be a full season. <laughs> These guys can probably coexist 
love each other, slap each other on the rear end, really support each other um, for 24 games, right? Exactly. Seems like Harden and his drama begins after a full season or 60 or 70 games. So this could be a good run. These guys could just quite frankly be so fresh to each other and not wear on each other that they take it to uh, an NBA championship. Hard to judge after one game, but what do you think when you say the words Harden and Embiid and, you know, they also have Tyrese Maxey who went off tonight. They have Tobias Harris. Let's not forget a very well-paid player. Are the 76ers with Harden an NBA championship team? Yeah, I think so. I think they're, they'll at least make it pretty far in the Eastern division or the Eastern conference in the playoffs. I, I'm trying to think if there's, a, if there's a scarier duo out there between Harden and, and, and Bede. I don't, I don't know. I mean, you got Curry and that's true. What's his name? Who's also a scary duo. Curry, Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green gets healthy. And what that team does, we know the Warriors are good. We know Chris Paul, who, you know, another side note, he's out for six weeks with a broken thumb. You know, we know how good he is. There's a lot of, you're right. There's a, there, how good is that duo? Is it the best? There's so many good duos in the NBA and that's what makes what being an NBA fan. So fun, so much fun. You can see great players all the time, yeah, but yeah. yeah, is, is Harden and Embiid the best duo? I saw a stat tonight. I'm watching ESPN. They were, they showed seven or eight players that received the most double teams. Mm. Um, and, and, and Luka Doncic was number one and Harden was number two. And like Embiid was number six. So the, you know, the top eight players who received the double team on defense Philly L has two of them. So you're right. Is either Harden's going to make Embiid better, which is a scary thought, or Embiid's going to make Harden better, which is a scary thought. So you're right. Maybe this is the best duo right now in the NBA. Well, Embiid, he's he's probably one of the best players in the league right now. Oh, my gosh. He's a monster. I, I don't know how we don't see this year in and year out. I guess he's been a little injury prone. But when you look at him, he's a physical specimen and can handle the ball and do the things he does. It, it makes it's it's Giannis esque with a little bit more meat on the bones. Yeah, it really is, and so it's it they they're in a good position right now. I think they I think they're going to make a run. Like this is their this is them going for it, and then you do have to trust the process. So hopefully it <laughs> it doesn't go well when they come to the west west coast. But I don't know. The teams are just getting better, and the Jazz know that. I think it's hard because. Last year was our best year, and it exposed us. And now that teams are getting better, it's harder for us to continue on the upward and keep up. I, I am hopeful, though, because I think when we are healthy, we have a top team. And that's what it comes down to is our, can you stay healthy for the playoffs? Yeah. And, and I, as much as I think this through, and you hinted to it a minute ago, Quinn's managing for the postseason. And the minutes are not heavy on Mitchell or Gobert. He could be playing them, in my mind, another three to five minutes a night, each one of them. But I think he's doing this for a reason. And let's cross our fingers that it pays off and, and trust that for the Jazz. Just buzzing along. So the Philly comes out. They, they crush Minnesota tonight. Miami goes into New York, beats the Knicks 115-100. A double overtime, high-scoring game. The Spurs beat the Wizards in Washington, 157 to 153. But a game that's happening right now with about six minutes to go in the third quarter are the Clippers versus the Lakers. 
a lot of drama over all-star weekend and the all-star break and then actually the the gm coach and owner of the lakers lebron james chirping about all the things that weren't right in la and he's going to have to now manage without anthony davis the 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 lakers are likely going to end up in a play-in situation again i think they did last year they did i can't remember their, their luck's going to run out at some point in time. And this great Laker team that won a championship in the bubble, no asterisks. I give it to them. If we would have won, I would have taken it. But they also had to run the table in the 30 day scenario, which is pretty, it's a little bit easier to do than a full season, but this Laker team has some, some challenges on its hands tonight as they're losing by five middle of the third. What do you think about the Lakers and, any thoughts about how LeBron is chirping a little bit? Well, LeBron's good, very good, actually. So it's it's. Uh, he's, he, I, is he the greatest? Right here comes the debate, but he's but definitely it, there. That guy is so good, and we saw him blow us away right before the All Star break. So I mean, like the question now is how because he can turn it on, and he does. But when you get to the playoffs, other teams can turn it on. Because we got – yeah, they came back and they beat us last time we played them. That's because they were in L.A. LeBron wanted to win with celebrities that were in the building because of the Super Bowl. And mm-hmm. he turned it on and won. Mm-hmm. But when you put him in a, in this, in a playoff situation, kind of similar to last year, I think he still can turn it on. But a lot of other teams are turning it on as well for the playoffs. Yeah. And so he needs another player with him. Anthony Davis can be that other player injury prone like we talked about and quite frankly he can get exposed too lebron is chirping for a reason it makes it hard to play with lebron in that situation and but you got to look at the team they they don't have really anybody else they have big names they have westbrook they have carmelo but they don't but when you look at the team that's out on the court that's in the last three minutes of the game there's only one recognized player and that's lebron because everybody else just isn't quite there yet you know yeah i mean you look at their lineup yeah. They're starting lineup tonight. This is what's going to be interesting. I'm going to come to a name in a minute. And it's going to remind us of what's happening here, but you have LeBron James, Trevor Ariza, mm, Dwight Howard, mm, both Ariza and Howard on the backside of the career, like James, Austin Reeves, hustle player, and then Russell Westbrook. So it's interesting during your 30 or 40 seconds there. It's like, you know, LeBron can't do it alone. He needs somebody else. We talked about Anthony Davis and being injured. He has Russell Westbrook. Westbrook. When you think about dynamic duos, shouldn't James and Westbrook be as good as Harden and Embiid? Uh, they're, they're not, and they probably shouldn't at this span in their career. But the Lakers went out and got Westbrook because he could cover for injuries, and it's just not working. Yeah, exactly. And you look at Westbrook, he is an athlete first, basketball player second. And so when he gets older, his athleticism goes down, which has a huge negative impact on his mm-hmm. performance. And because he was a great basketball player because he was a phenomenal athlete. Now he's an older athlete, which kind of affects him to be not as good basketball player. Yeah, so, so I don't, it's, I'm not it's, worried it's, about it. To answer, like, I'm not worried about the Lakers if we happen to play them in the playoffs. I wouldn't really mind. I think we could beat the Lakers in a five five games. Not too afraid of them. The Jazz do have their struggles against the Lakers. We've lost both games, I think, against them so far. 
but I'm if I am going against the Lakers in the playoffs, I'm not too afraid just because they don't have the endurance for seven games. You kind of know what to expect when you're playing them. It's just worry about LeBron for a little bit and they feed off of energy. But if you have your crowd behind you, you can you can silence them. I'm, right. I'm more worried about other teams, if that makes sense. No, no, no doubt. I, it, talking about the Lakers, it's, it's just interesting to see a team that was assembled to win because you have one of the greats, if not the greatest. You have a lot of and, greats. And, 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 and it's just, it's not even close though, Spencer. I think the point I'm trying to make is this is a team that's, that's on, the, on the edge of not making the playoffs and, and the play-in this is a team that should be in the middle of the West and they're not even there, I think is my point, but looking at um, a game tonight, and then I want to go to the standings and we'll tidy up here. Let me just check really quick. I'm trying to click the right place. Did I see that new Orleans went into Phoenix tonight and beat the Suns? Is that what I'm seeing? We're talking about a Pelicans team. That's they did, yeah. not that good. Is this now, as you look at that game and what I said a little bit earlier, is this injury to Chris Paul, which we're hearing minimum of six weeks? He's, I think he's had this injury before around his thumb. Is it going to play a factor on the Suns? Because I think the Suns are really good without Chris Paul, but if, if the Pelicans can go into Phoenix and beat them, what is this going to do to the Phoenix Suns over the next six weeks? So the the, the main concern, because Chris Paul will come back and he will be good when he comes back. Right. The main concern is where will this place them going into the playoffs? Right now they're sitting at the one seed, which – That's going to be hard for them to lose the one seed, though. But I, I hear thing. you. Keep so it's like what's going to happen in six weeks isn't much, if that makes sense, because they're sitting in a really good position. Yep. The only thing that not having Chris Paul would do right now is just – maybe get them out of the second seed, but that's not even going to do uh, – I don't think that's possible. I think tonight was almost a fluke because it looks like their bench didn't do anything. So it just was all on Booker and the people that were in the game starting with him. So it, Chris Paul will be back to the playoffs, and he will be good. And knowing Chris Paul, he will be ready for when he's back. He's not going to just come back and have to have a couple of games to get it back into things. I think he'll come back ready. So – I think they, if, it, if I could say, I think they can afford to have a six weeks of not 100% because it's not really going to have an effect on them. Yeah, all, all good, all good points there. You look at those standings and you, you, it's your point right out of the gate there. They have a six game lead on the Warriors. Um, it'll, they're really going to have to collapse, I think, to lose the one seed. So that will be interesting. But I just don't know if this is the thing of some things to come. You really want to have good chemistry and good excitement as you head into the playoffs. Chris Paul will be back, but then once you get back, how many games will it take Chris Paul to get all the way back might be the question. So we're going to have to watch that as we head into the final part of the season. One thing I wanted to point out about the standings, and we'll tidy up here in the next couple of minutes, when you look at the league from one to 30, don't put East and West, just take it one to 30. This is for jazz fans. As we come back to the jazz, albeit we've had some struggles this season. We've had injuries. We've had losing Joe Ingles. We've had concussions. We've had COVID-19 and we haven't had the season that we wanted to have, or that we had last year. We are still sixth 
in the NBA in an in all around record. And I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm not, I, I wish we were better, I guess, but I'm okay with a 37 and 22 record and playing some darn good basketball right now. What do you think? Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I would have thought we would be maybe third, but I mean, the season's still going on. The good news is we have healthy players right now. So we're going the right direction. Is our schedule going to be a little bit harder? It might be. I think it is. I, I think we're second. Saying maybe, maybe why don't you say you'd like to be third? Let me ask you this in the Western Conference. We're four games, three games, three games, three games behind the Grizzlies, and they're playing lights out. Do you think the Jazz can catch the Grizzlies before the end of the regular season? Um, I don't know. It, I don't. They're just the Grizzlies are just playing really well. It, so it's hard to catch a team that's not going to lose much over the next whatever games are left. And the Jazz are more prone to because I mean you'd have to obviously win more than the Grizzlies. I don't see the Grizzlies losing. Yeah, many games over the next. I mean, I guess how many games are left? Like twenty. Yeah. So the Jazz have played 37, 57, 59, 82, 23 more games. Each team's got about 23, 24, 22 more games. The, the Grizzlies are going to be tough. We haven't even talked about the Grizzlies. We'll save it for another episode. But, you know, we're only three and a half back. I guess four in the win column, which is kind of hard. And they're a good, they're a good team. I don't think we all uh, – last year we lost game one in that – first round series, the Grizzlies. And I'll raise my hand and say, I was just a touch nervous. This year, the Grizzlies are manifesting what we knew as a team last year in the round one. They're a good team. And I think it'll be hard for the Jazz to catch them. But it'll be fun to to try. Because if you try to catch the Grizzlies, two or three things happen. You maybe catch them and get the third seed. And you might even squeeze in and get the second seed, which would be amazing because the Warriors aren't that much ahead. But what you definitely do is you solidify home court advantage in the first round, and that's paramount. Exactly. And we go and we play the Suns, right, next game. Right. Let's go get it. I think we go, to, we go on Sunday to Phoenix, right? Yep. And then we go to play the Rockets. So, I mean, playing the best team, and then we're playing one of the worst teams. So it'll be interesting to see how the Jazz kind of have that mindset. Our schedule is a little bit harder. But I like the direction and kind of I'm optimistic about this rest of the season after the all-star break. I am too. This this win creates optimism. That loss, that loss against the Lakers was a tough one. It was dumb. But it, maybe it was a bump because we had won six or six in a row. So now you look at our last 10 games, we're back to that sign of seven and three in the last 10. I'd love to go in and get a Phoenix team while they're down go in and get them. Maybe they come back with fire now after losing to the Pelicans, but let's go get them, right? This is the time to go beat the Suns. Yeah, I think so. And we're, I mean, like I said, when we are all together and everybody's playing, we have a lot of potential. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, thanks dad. Do you have anything else? No, all good Spencer. All right.